Welcome to Getting Credit, a podcast focusing on financial markets, corporate credit, and timely insights from Aristotle Funds. Here's your guest host, Matt Murphy, Senior Client Portfolio Manager. Welcome, and thanks for joining us. Today, we're going to discuss gaming, a sector of the global economy that's held up quite well over the past few years. Our guest is Michael Long, a Senior Analyst for Pacific Asset Management, Sub-Advisor for the Pacific Funds Fixed Income Funds. Michael's been with Pacific Asset Management for 14 years and focuses on analyzing gaming companies across the corporate credit structure. Michael, welcome, and thank you for joining us today. Glad to be here, Matt. Thanks. Let's get started with the definition of the gaming sector, Michael, and then maybe after that, tell us how healthy the gaming sector is right now. Great, thanks. Yeah, sure. The, uh, the gaming sector is comprised of basically Las Vegas and regional casinos, as well as technology companies that make uh, you know, the slot machines and video games. As far as the health of the, the sector goes, Las Vegas is healthy, driven by strong leisure demand, the return of entertainment, and a rebound in the convention business, as well as a return of international travel. You have the Raiders and the Golden Knights driving visitation, and a couple of new casinos have opened recently. Regional gaming has been stable. 2021 benefited from stimulus payments, but 2022 is holding up well. Gaming companies have reported record EBITDA and record margins. So I would say pretty healthy. Follow up on that, Michael. Given the past few years with the pandemic and massive decline in travel and leisure spending, how did the gaming sector hold up so well versus other hospitality sectors? Yeah. So during the COVID shutdown, management teams reduced operating costs, especially in labor and marketing, got rid of low margin businesses like buffets and overall expanded margins. Those margins have proven to be sustainable. Recall that casinos across the country closed their doors in mid-March 2020 and began to open up in May and June of 2020. They were really one of the first entertainment options to open up. You didn't have to fly, just drive to a regional casino. So regional casinos were the first to recover. Then you had a strong leisure recovery due to pent-up demand, and Las Vegas followed. More entertainment options opened, and air travel picked up, and now you're seeing a recovery in conventions and a pickup in international travel. From a performance standpoint, the sector really got hit hard in the first six months of 2020. Subsequently, we've seen a nice rebound with gaming poised to outperform the market in 2022. In fact, year to date, the gaming sector is the third best performing sector behind energy and aerospace and defense, according to Barclays. Well, that's interesting. I had no idea that it was third. Yeah, it's done very well so far this year. Can you give us a sense for how gaming names tapped the fixed income markets over the past couple of years? How have they generally used the proceeds from these new bond issues? Sure. Gaming companies started 2020 in solid financial shape. Then the pandemic hit. Companies like Wynn, MGM, and Boyd tapped the market for additional liquidity in April and May. As the markets opened up in the summer, we saw mostly refinancing. We had one big acquisition financing, and that was Caesar's acquisition of El Dorado. In 2021, it was mostly refinancings with a couple of small acquisition-related financing. 
We've only had four gaming high yield new issues this year. The biggest was Churchill Downs bond deal for the acquisition of Peninsula Pacific. Are the gaming names generally investment grade companies or below investment grade companies? And how do you think about risk reward here as a credit analyst with a capital preservation mindset? Gaming companies are below investment grade. We tend to gravitate towards names with positive ratings momentum. There are two gaming REITs that are investment grade. From a risk reward standpoint, gaming companies generate solid free cash flow and balance sheets are healthy. Many gaming companies have paid down debt and have lower leverage compared to pre-COVID. They have good liquidity and access to capital markets as demonstrated by their ability to tap the markets in early 2020. So I feel good. Let's talk about the increasing number of states that are passing legislation to allow sports betting. Can you tell us how big of an opportunity this is going forward? For example, in Ohio, Michael, there's been a barrage of ads and offers to download sportsbook apps as legalized sports betting starts on January 1st. I understand Pete Rose will be placing the first bet at the Hard Rock Hotel in downtown Cincinnati just after the clock strikes midnight on January 1st. On January 1st in the wee hours, tell us how big of an opportunity this is going forward for those gaming names. Yeah, first of all, let's hope he puts his money on the Reds and the Bengals, right? Uh, not allowed. <laughs> so 36 states have legalized sports betting, or about 55% of the U.S. population. 26 states have legalized online betting, or about 45% of the U.S. population. Seven states have legalized iGaming. According to several street analysts, the total addressable market for sports betting and iGaming combined is nearly 30 billion by 2030, and that compares to about 9 billion currently. So it's a growth opportunity. However, because of the high spending associated with technology and customer acquisitions, the main online companies don't expect to be profitable until 2023 or 2024. All right. So we got a little bit of a wait there, but just a couple of years, it sounds like. In addition to sports books, what other factors will help the gaming sector continue its forward growth? Sure. New York City, Chicago, and other regional markets are expanding. I think the big opportunity will be New York City. Macau is an opportunity. Recent news has been positive concessions or licenses were awarded recently to existing holders, including MGM Wynn in Las Vegas Sands. And it looks like China is easing COVID restrictions and gradually reopening. That would be in addition to the prospects for more states to legalize sports betting like California and Texas. Sounds like a lot of good opportunity and forward growth. What will be the headwinds? Clearly, the biggest headwind right now is the potential for a recession and consumer spending slowdown. Higher unemployment would be a negative. Continued high inflation and higher interest rates would also be headwinds, as well as uh, increased competition. Final question for you, Michael. As a fixed income analyst, what's unique about covering the gaming names versus some of the other sectors you follow? Sure. I also follow lodging, cruise lines food and beverage, and consumer products, so, so mainly consumer-driven sectors. I followed the casino sector for a long time, 
In fact, the first deal that I looked at as an analyst was the construction loan for the Mirage in Las Vegas. Now the Mirage has been sold and it will become the Hard Rock Las Vegas. That's hard to believe. I have been able to attend openings. I attended the Hard Rock and Ocean Casino openings in Atlantic City in 2018. I've had the opportunity to follow a couple of recent Las Vegas casinos from construction to completion. I toured both the Resorts World Las Vegas site and the Circuit Casino in downtown Las Vegas during construction and visited the completed facilities early this year. Great facilities. You should definitely get a chance to go out and visit them. These are pretty unique events that I've had the opportunity to experience while covering the gaming sector. All right, Michael, before we end, I got to ask you, what's your favorite game of chance? So, Matt, believe it or not, I am not a big gambler. I don't play the slots. Uh, I don't play blackjack. I don't play poker. I have occasionally uh, put some money on sports teams. So I do, you know, kind of like watching and putting my money on, on games every once in a while. Thanks, Michael. Really appreciate your insights today. Good questions, Matt. Thank you very much. And that wraps up our episode on today's gaming sector. Thanks for joining us. And we're looking forward to bringing you another edition of Analyze This next month. The views in this commentary are as of the date recorded and are presented for informational purposes only. These views should not be construed as investment advice, an endorsement of any security, mutual fund, sector, or index, or to predict performance of any investment. The opinions expressed herein are subject to change without notice, as market and other conditions warranted. Any performance data quoted represents past performance, which does not guarantee future results. Any forward-looking statements are not guaranteed. All material is compiled from sources believed to be reliable, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed.